Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy. Whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. Here to give you a first-hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business, it's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. You know, I have a lot of favorite topics that uh, that really resonate with me as an entrepreneur, as someone that does a podcast show coast to coast to coast. But branding is one of those spaces that doesn't get enough respect. And we're just really, really thrilled to have one of the pioneers of social media marketing, marketing practices in Canada. And And from a branding perspective, Tara Hunt is a true pioneer in online marketing and one of the most respected authorities on online communities and having over 18 years of experience in market research and strategy on both client and agency side, Tara has helped brands shed their corporate-y bad habits and become very much more web-friendly. I love it. I'm going to dive into that. And her list of clients do and have encompassed the leading corporations from various sectors, Laura 
Coriel, Intuit, SlideShare, and many more. And in 2013, get this, she also oversaw the social strategies for now Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's party leadership campaign, which marked the record high in voter turnouts and in campaign fundraising. That's right. We got her right here on the podcast, the Startup Canada podcast show. Tara also authored authored one of the first books on how the social web is changing business, The Woofy Factor. She speaks frequently at conferences around the world as the thought leader in audience development. And today on the podcast, we're going to talk to Tara about how to grow and leverage digital influence for brands. Wow. What an honor, Tara, to have you on the Startup Canada podcast show. Oh, well, thank you. It's an honor to be here, Rivers. Yeah, well, look, uh, as I said, I, um, I, you talk on one of my favorite, favorite, favorite areas of business that is, I think, one of the most unrespected areas of business, um, as we said, for, and you say, you know, brand managers are the enemy of social, and mm-hmm. that, that sounds really, really harsh, but you've got a YouTube video that references dialogue we're going to get into, and as I was looking at the scripts, I said, I want to tie into the enemy of social. Social. Do tell, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it does sound harsh. Um, and it actually came out of several conversations I had with uh, people who uh, have had many headbutting sessions with kind of the traditional brand managers. It does not mean that branding is dead. It just means it's right. shifted a lot. Um, and especially in the social era where your customers are actually determining what your brand is, not you. Duh, right? <laughs> that's kind of interesting in itself. That's that's pretty obvious, but not obvious sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like one of the... Uh, one of the sort of the, the carryovers from the previous era of branding is this idea of like strong brand guidelines and and brand voice and brand perfection, right? You have to always be that same voice and look and feel across all channels. If you think back to, mm. I don't know, the nineties with the gap ads, remember that? Like they were I do. the, the bastion of really great, strong branding. Well, I mean, that's still, there's still, that's still not irrelevant, right? It's not completely gone, but the audience um, will often take a brand and make it their own. And we've seen this like in many uh, scenarios, actually, there's a really funny story uh, that you may have heard that um, when uh, Jersey Shore, remember that show that was on? Yes. Was, yes. <laughs> was happening. Um, <laughs> uh, fashion houses used to send their competitors like bags and, and, and clothing <laughs> for the, so the Jersey Shore uh, uh, stars would wear the competitors. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Like love it. Bringing the brand, I guess, down. Um, because it, it, I mean, that I think that's a really great illustration that shows you it's like who actually, uh, whether they're a celebrity or an influencer, we have this rash of YouTube and Instagram influencers now. Whoever's taking up your brand and uh, making it their own, they're actually rebranding. And there's not a lot you can do mm. as a brand at that point. You can't send them your brand guidelines and say, you're Using my logo. <laughs> oh, got our our uh, our byline wrong. You know you can't do that. The audience is going to take it in a direct in whatever direction the audience takes it in. So when when you're 
When you're leading, overseeing Prime Minister Trudeau's uh, social media campaign for his leadership, uh, which had the great results that we talked about, um, how do you – I mean, that's, that's very – one has to be very much on brand <laughs> and very much protected. And here's the other thing. There's not a lot of time to, to adjust it if you need to. How did you approach exactly what you talked about just a second ago with protecting Mr. Trudeau's brand as he was going for the leadership? Well, actually, this is kind of a funny story, and I'm not sure if this would get me in trouble for talking about <laughs> the behind the that's scenes. That's what entrepreneurs do. They get in trouble. No yeah. worries. Go for it. Yeah. Well, I don't think I signed anything that said that I wouldn't talk about like my experience. <laughs> and I would never, and I love uh, uh, Justin, our sure. Minister Trudeau, rather, is right yes. honorable self. Yes. self um, and, uh, you know, really enjoyed working on the Liberal Leadership campaign. But it was funny because quite oftentimes I would have, uh, you know, huge, I would come to huge blows with comms who was very conservative in the way that they wanted to present him. So <laughs> at, the, at the time, um, they were really concerned with, uh, at the time, the Harper government and the conservative uh, government uh, giving this image of Justin as, as being like not ready. And I do believe there yes. were like even ads, like he's just not ready. <laughs> I know? remember them. Yes, that's right. And yeah, like they all were. of those, all of those things that he did, like was, you know, in that, uh, whether he was boxing, uh, Patrick Barbeau or whether he was like <laughs> stripping for charity. Uh, he was doing like sort of not, he doesn't stripping, but I remember him doing like kind of a saucy dance for charity, sure, sure. that sort yeah. of thing. Um, they would exploit that kind of, um, activity that was captured on camera and put that in the footage to just show Canadians that Justin's immature and he's not ready for this level of responsibility. So they were really concerned when on the social side, we were really trying to appeal to a more youthful audience who was super excited about Justin. Like he uh, ignited like young, um, volunteers like I have never seen well maybe Obama was the only other one that yeah, right, I've ever seen right. right um like he was igniting like these reams of uh university and college kids to come out and spend all this time to canvas for him to to pick up the phone and call to hand out flyers to spread his message and they loved that Justin was geeky and youthful and kind <laughs> mm-hmm. of goofy at times. They love those things, right? Mm. So in order to continue to encourage them and to give them content that they wanted to share amongst themselves, like we needed on the social side to produce more of that. And Combs was like, no way we need to show him as this very serious, very like ready and, you know, you know, like, um, studious and like somber kind of person. And I was like, that like, is not, that's who he is. Yeah. Well, yeah. First of all, it goes against who, uh, Justin is. I mean, Justin's a smart guy and he can get serious about things and he is serious about everything but he's also on the on the flip side he's that goofy guy who right. like does a kind of a dad like strip tease for a fashion yeah. show, you sure. know like he's yes. that he's that guy he's like so why not play out that stuff and there you know that was the big 
you know, that was a good example, I think, of how like a traditional view on branding, no, no, we have to contain the brand versus a, hey, we recognize what, you know, screw what the, what the opposition is going to say. Unless you uh-huh. do something that um, like really offends your base, you know, the opposition, they're going to say what they're going to say anyway. Uh-huh. They're going to, they're going to find reasons to try to discredit you. And the people that they're talking to won't vote for you anyway. Anyway. Right. Right. So, right. so like if you're, if your base, if, if, if that, those young people who are like really excited about the fact that they can relate to you need more to spread the word, give that to them. So that was like, I think a, a, you bring, you bring up a really good example of how branding has changed a lot. They had their idea of Justin, which was pretty close to who Justin was, which just wasn't what the traditional comms team wanted to have Justin <laughs> be. And what's really funny to me is like later once, you know, and, and then after we, he run, ran uh, the federal campaign, very straight laced. Right. And I just kept yes. watching it and thinking like with the, <laughs> with the escalator and all that stuff. Right. I just kept yeah. watching it and thinking, what the yeah. heck? Like he's yeah. not going to get anywhere. Well, luckily, you know, he still had that, you know, great, enthusiasm from the younger young people that came out in droves to vote and there was also i mean i credit a little bit of the landslide victory to the whole uh strategic voting um i know that amongst uh canadians that you know there were huge facebook facebook groups of strategic voting like um uh uh, people, you know, like that were saying, okay, if you're there, you need to vote this anyway. Um, but once he got in, what I loved is they just, they let go. They were like, okay, now let Justin be hit Justin. He went down to the Papineau station and was like hugging people. Yeah. And then he was like doing yoga poses on tables. I was like, this is what, this is what they should have been doing from day one not not like i mean i think they might have taken it a little bit too far now where i feel like sometimes you know oh there's another shirtless justin jogging in the background of a picture uh okay guys there's you know one shirtless justin jogging in the background of a wedding photo is enough (laughs) (laughs) i love it so um Here's a question for you. How did, I mean, you were going up uh, against a real wall of, of traditional approach to, to communication. And I'm sure it wasn't just one person. It was a team of people with the comms team. How did you, how did you, and I don't want to use the word convince because that's wrong. How did you ultimately crack that, that wall where they ultimately started to say, okay, Tara, we're going to give this a shot because part of branding, I think with even with startups is ultimately getting the team, getting the employees, getting the executive bought into the strategy. So how did you do that? Well, okay. So one thing um, I'll say is it wasn't only a comms team, but a comms team who would remind me that they've been doing this for X number yeah. of years. <laughs> of course. And, yeah, yeah. And I was this, this like, uh, well, I mean, I go by the name Miss Rogue online. I was this, and I live up to the name in a lot. Nice. So I was this rogue that was coming into politics and just screwing everything up. Um, Love it. Like, I didn't know what I was talking about, like, 
just listen to the seasoned experts. Um, so that was, that was an extra sort of hurdle that I had to get over. So there was a sure. couple of things I did and I'll tell you some of them were more effective than others. Uh, <laughs> Go for it. So the first one was that I approached, uh, the way that I started because of the whole rogue moniker was ask for forgiveness, not permission. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do that a lot myself. And that worked for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then there was, uh, consequences to that. Yes. Um, you know, you, you end up, you end up breaking down trust, um, in organizations when that happens. Mm. And that was my bad, right? Like I look back and I kind of, you know, laugh slyly at that, but at the same, cause I feel like it moved things forward. Um, but yeah, you break down, um, definitely break down trust within an organization. And, and it's as a job, it's my job to build that trust more than anything, right? Especially uh-huh. as somebody that's coming in with new ideas that could be a little scary and um, counter to what they've been doing for X number of years. But in fairness, I mean, ultimately you got to get the dialogue on the table and sometimes you just got to, you got to make the noise to bring it on the table, even if it might be a little controversial. So, so, you know, you're a professional, you're respected, you wouldn't have been in that position. So I think even though it was, yes, uh, bold and rogue and I love it, I'm always a fan you zag when everybody else zigs. And so, uh, I, you know, I kind of like this strategy, but you're, you know, I, I like the, also the reference. You got to know when enough is enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I've, and I've, I've done this in many organizations uh, where, you know, I come in like a bull in a China shop uh-huh. and, and, but the thing is, I come in, it's not just random, like I'm just going counter to everything that you know. I have experience. I have, uh, there's, I have data from right. previous um, work that I've done. I have data from work that I've followed. I know what I'm doing. Uh-huh. So you can't just come in and like randomly throw things at the wall because at the end of the day, the only, the only thing that saved my butt from being thrown out of there after <laughs> yes. that happened was that I, that as I was being carried out the door, I turned and, and pointed back at the stats and I said, look, yeah, right. Look, look at that. Yeah. You want the more data of that. doesn't lie. Yeah. This the data doesn't you, lie. This is what you wanted. And I, and I'm sorry that I like, uh, completely, um, ignored. <laughs> All of your uh, insistence not to do it, and I did it anyway. But I, I, I had to do this because there was this. You know, I find. I mean, as an entrepreneur at heart, you know, I um, like in big organizations. I get it. I, you know, as this example shows, like I am not exactly. uh, Welcome, I guess my my (laughs) techniques because you know. there's two routes and, and I find like I've encountered other people who believe this, you know, they want to implement the same changes that I want to implement, but uh-huh. they, they've, they've learned to be more political about it uh-huh. and build decks and uh, case studies and do little, little like baby steps over time to ease people into it. And, um, and I've watched that and with great frustration and I see like two years down the road, they're finally at the point where they need to be. Whereas like, I just, I, I'm just like, listen, we're being left in the dust here. I just want to go. Right. I've, I have experience with this. Like 
And I know like the the phrase trust me is not a very good phrase to use <laughs> in these situations, but just trust me, right? So so we you know, so that's but it, I mean, I do see the merits on the other side of things too. And I know that um the I can rub people the wrong way. Um and that's probably also uh you know, worked to my detriment uh, over the years. That being said, the second piece that's really important is having the data, right? As you right. as you meant, as you like alluded to before. And if you you don't do something, you don't have the data, right? You can right. you can point to other like I've pointed to other examples many times over the years, but they'll people will use any excuse to say, well, that's not our audience, or that's not mm. that doesn't look like our brand, right? They want something exactly like them. And if they're, if their direct competitor, for instance, isn't doing it. So if we go back to the, uh, LPC leadership campaign, like there was, um, you know, the, the conservatives certainly weren't doing very well with social, uh, mm. uh, um, and, um, Malcare and the NDP, like were tripping over themselves with social and not doing very much there. So, I, you know, I was, I was, could point to the U S and see, say like, look at Obama did this. And, you know, before, before then, like, um, Dean, Howard Dean did this, you know, like it's been going on for a long time and this has very been very successful, but then they would say, yeah, but we're not the U S right. Right. It is right. different. So there wasn't really great examples in Canada yet. And Canada's always a bit of a laggard that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so- we had so, to make the example. We had to be the example. But you've got the credibility behind you. You've got the, you know, you get the bandwidth behind you. You've got the metrics behind you. And that really is what, uh, what ultimately allowed you to continue on with the journey. And I think that's a reference point here that in the beginning, if you're starting <laughs> in the branding world, you want to respect the fact you got to, you've got to, you got to get the scars. You got to get the, uh, the pedigree behind you. I got yeah. a couple of questions that have come out of this conversation. And, uh, and I told you I was going to go off script. Okay. So the first question I have to ask you as a brand uh, professional, and this is just a pure interest to me. I don't know if it has makes any connection to our audience, but um, is there truth to the fact with Mulcair because because he had that freaking beard that that impacted his brand? In your opinion, I got it. I mean, you're an expert. I got to ask you that. In my opinion, it's like don't wear the beard, dude. Don't wear the beard. And he fought that for the longest time. When you're, what's your opinion on the beard? I don't know if I'd want to really see Mulcair without a beard. <laughs> I love it. Good point. <laughs> Maybe that's it. He's seen himself without the beard, and he said, "Why would I do that?" Like my dad had a mustache all of his life. And one day he shaved it off because he wanted to try something new. <laughs> and we were all like, we all started crying. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, that's right? funny. Yeah. Get used to people with, but I, w- I also think like, um, for, for better or for worse, politics is, um, favors the charming. Um, yes. and unfortunately yeah. Malcare was not a very charming guy, a smart guy. Um, believe, you know, good guy, Mm. but he Mm. wasn't very charming guy. Mm. Right. So, Mm. 
Yeah, that's very interesting. Anyway, thank you for allowing me to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. I think that's interesting. So, um, look, you're you're the founder of your own uh, your own business right now called Truly Social. Um, uh, obviously, you're you've got success happening for all the right reasons, which is fantastic. You're a rebel. You're a rogue. You're a zagger. Um, how do you? How do? You, what does your brand look like with Truly Social? What's the What's the strategy that you've adopted for your own organization, Truly Social? Well, I mean, uh, so I'm only as good as my reputation. I'm only as good as that last project I worked on or the, the, the client success that they had or um, the type of you know content that I put out into the world. So, um, and it's always been really important to me uh, to stand for, and, and you know, it's funny, like, the company is called Truly Social, and it's kind of an accident. And there's a whole bunch of accidents with this. <laughs> That's life. <laughs> so this company is called Truly Social for a reason. Like I made a video years ago, my first video in my video series that I make. Um, that was like I ended it with. And that's how you're, you, you're going to be truly social. And like I've from the beginning, so I've been involved in the social media scene before it was called social media. I used to call, right. we used to call it community marketing, online communities, <laughs> I don't know, new media marketing. Like there's right. all sorts of words that we gave it to like, uh, um, what was it? Uh, cyber marketing. There is a throwback there, right? Yes. So I've been involved in online communities either way since like the early 90s. And um, it's always been to me um, a sacred space, I guess. It's yes. been the space where uh, in a world where everything is so crafted, everything is so polished and and poised and um, people spend so much time trying to uh, put on like a facade of perfection uh, that um, social to me used to be, and I'll get to this, a place where we could be human again and imperfect. And um, we could be bumbly, but, you know, not judge because somebody else is like, oh my God, I, I'm confused about that thing too. Or, you know, like, and we could learn from each other and we could be flawed and imperfect and wonderful and connected. And, you know, all these things that I thought would really benefit brands too, because, you know, I went into marketing from 1999 in 1999 out of uh, university. And I was already like, we need, we need to get brands to act more human. And I saw social, um, and the online forums as this conduit towards that. And so to this day, like I feel, I mean, I don't, I'm not like some sort of, um, Who's the guy in Thor that stands and protects the gate the, with the says, but <laughs> anyways, I feel like that guy uh, right. who like feel I want to protect what social is. Now, of course, I mean, I, I just made a video that I put out last weekend that talks about how social is in a sad, sorry state and it's become like as bad as anything before. And now humans are acting like brands and, and putting up these facades and 
and trying to show people this perfect life that they live when we all know is total BS. And, <laughs> totally. And, 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 you know, some of these Instagram models have even come out and said, this was total BS and it ruined my life. Uh. Uh, and, but we keep going and it keeps getting worse to like this point at which like, is there any refuge from brand perfection? Right. Is there any refuge? Like, do we have personal, can we, can, can I just like, you know, put on sweatpants, like with ice cream drippings <laughs> and just be a, like have a, a conversation where I don't know everything. Right. And like, just be human. Yes. Like really. And so, um, oh God, I just went on such a rant that I don't even, you really did. And I'm saying, where's she going with this thing? I want to go. You, Cause as you're going through that, I'll let you give you some time to, re- to think this through. I'm thinking to myself, I would love to hang out with Tara on a Friday night, <laughs> grab some bottles of wine and go down this rabbit hole of deep psychology <laughs> and dialogue around these people. Why can't we just live in sweatpants <laughs> and, and no makeup and, and just kind of be who we are. Why do we have to? Uh, and, and again, while you're thinking this through, it reminds me of the series Black Mirror. Yeah. And and uh, as this dialogue we're having, so I'm intrigued. I don't know where you're going. And be honest with you, I don't care if anybody else does. I'm intrigued with where you're going with it. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm back on track. I've got it. Okay, got good, it. good. Okay, that was a good commercial break. Yeah, there. you asked about my brand. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> And so just to sort of like connect the two for me, um, your, you know, your brand really is your, your, your purpose, your point of view, like what you really actually believe in and you, and it, and it's, and it has to run through everything that you do. So for me, like, even though I'm still a young company, we're still a young company, you know, we just hit 10 employees nice. um, and, you know, we were two years old, like, I set down core values from the beginning and they're a work in progress, of course, but you know, our core values are fearlessness, flawlessness, uh, informed, curious, opinionated, and playful. These are the things that we value and the things that we hold these values that we hold ourselves to standard Mm. uh, to that high standards. And, and then we also, we will not back down with them with the work that we do with our clients, but because we believe that that all of those things are core to being truly social. Okay, so now take because I um, uh, I totally as I referenced in the earlier stages believe that 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 branding as a as a as a focus as a discipline as a strategy is totally un not respected at all within particularly the startup world. And so my question to you is: uh, Give us the the top three musts for our audience. We'll get back to caring about our audience now. <laughs> Let's get talk to them about, look, you need to, one, uh, build a branding strategy from day one or else, as you've alluded to, somebody else is going to own your brand for you and they'll define yeah. exactly what it is. So how do you how do you begin that journey that's easy for people to grab onto and then um, they can they can obviously uh, develop it from there? Can you can you talk a bit about that? Well, I mean, theoretically, if you're building a product or a service based 
business, there's something unique and differentiating. And there's a, a need that you're trying to fulfill. There's an audience that you have in mind that you want to serve already. Th- theoretically, right? And right. It, it's always baffling to me how many people I encounter who have like companies that are five years old and they do not know who their audience is. And <laughs> yes, they, it's crazy. They yeah, it's crazy. Um, but theoretically, that should be the place that you come from. And that place that you come from, that's your brand right there. So why are you doing this? Why are, who are you doing this for? And um, like, uh, you know, why should anybody give it to them? I mean, that's your brand right now. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and you stick to that, you stick to that core forever. And there are some brands that, you know, and, oh. and that's also the core to storytelling, which we know makes for like really great, like connections and content. So, yes. so like there are some brands that you can tell, like when you look at, you know, the, anything that they put out, you can, it like kind of emanates their purpose. Right. That emanates that it emanates that they know who they are. They have a point of view and they're not afraid to derive from it. Right. So like, like Apple, for instance. Yeah. Okay. They're like, they're, they have, their brand isn't just the, you know, that they have nice packaging and unboxing experiences and, and, and like their, their brand even has annoying uh, bits about it that (laughs) even their most fervent fans are annoyed by, but that's part of who they are. They are who they are and they're not going to apologize for it. Exactly. And then there's, Mm. you know, there's like on the flip side, I like a brand that I love that, you know, uh, when I go down to the U.S., I always visit Trader Joe's. Right, right. No, yeah. Everything about Trader Joe's, it's just like the the whole, like the store, what they carry, how they greet customers, the Hawaiian shirts they wear, like screams, like who they are, their point of view. They build it into the way they pay their employees, their benefits packages, you know, all that stuff, right? Like the, it, your, your brand is how, is basically what you do when nobody's looking. Mm, I love it. I love it. Okay. So it's identifying that, but that's easier said than done. I mean, you're a seasoned veteran. You've been through the process before. You continue to work with clients. Um, you know, most startups, uh, and, and I define startups as innovative ideas that are coming, that want to be commercialized. But most startups, you know, they're not going to say, oh, I've got to go hire a brand, <laughs> and I don't want to use the word manager, but a brand, uh, a brand expert to help me along this journey. So how do they identify, what's the best practice that they identify? If I get them in a room to help them identify their purpose. Yeah. I mean, I think if you, there are really great, um, like brand experts, the reason who can do the right research, who can sit down and help, um, founders get to the core of why they're doing something. I mean, I still am baffled at how you launch and create something without that. Mm. Um, I can't understand that, but that's because I've always, I guess my, 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 that muscle that I have has always been this like opinionated, fearless, you know, <laughs> probably what it's I, a great muscle, Tara, <laughs> by the way, it's a great muscle. I admire it. I really do. Cause it takes moxie to make it happen. And, uh, and of course you, you've got to have some strong shoulders. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you have to, you have to like also thick skin because there's going to be a lot of people that don't like you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. I, I'm going to wave at all of, all of my non-fans. 
fans yeah. out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> my non-fans. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I love everybody. I love sure. everybody. I, I respect opinions on that side too, but it's sure. like one of those, um, one of those things that you, you know, you, you should bring in, uh, outside help, but you shouldn't bring in outside help to create a laminated card for you and, um, write some sort of manual. You should bring in that outside help to like really, uh, f- figure out how to integrate it deeply into your organization. And, um, it's not an easy, and it's probably not even going to be a cheap thing for you to do because it touches every aspect of your business. Your, right. your brand is like how you hire people and who you hire and the questions you ask. And, right. and um, it's, uh, the, you know, the, the way that you structure even your office layout, you know, it's all yes. of that stuff goes in and then you're not apologetic about it. Right. Right. You are who you are and you're going to attract and, and you should also not be afraid to like take off people and have and lose the customers that don't align with your brand too. It, can you, can you talk about, I, I remember hearing this saying one time and I think it relates to branding and the importance of, of tying in a strategy behind it is that the inside perception isn't necessarily the outside reality. Can you t- talk about that? If that resonates with you? Well, it's, I mean, the two have to be, um, in line if it's, mm-hmm. if it's not like people aren't dumb. Um, I don't know. It's mm. like, it, it sounds a little, uh, voodoo, but like, you know, one of those things <laughs> that you can kind of look at an organization and just kind of feel like, Oh, that they stand for something. This is a right. great culture. You can just feel that, you know, that you, and you can see it in the way that, um, employees approach their work and their customers. Um, like if you have employees that feel like, like right now the, the whole like, Oh, millennials to keep millennials happy. You need to give them snacks and all that stuff. Well, no, you need to give them a sense of purpose. Right. And if you go to a company and you're just working a job and you don't know what that purpose is, you're not going to be engaged. Um, so you know, like if, as far as all of that stuff goes, it, it has to go deep into all of your processes. Your brand is not your logo or your color, you know, your hex number and your fonts. You're it's right. not that. It's not like um, moving pixels around on a page. Right. Not at all. It's how you deliver it. Yeah, Absolutely. You run a uh, a company, but you also produce a weekly video series. Um, you know, video, <laughs> talk about the in thing, um, is becoming uh, much more of a, an attractive way to, to connect with clients, to deliver a message. Um, and more and more people are, are obviously looking at that avenue. Can you talk about it, about some of the, 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 the tricks of the trade to that you would suggest uh, that somebody have in that, fr- in that Friday night session that we're going to have before we get into the deep dive? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like, let me just say the reason. So video seems really trendy, but it's hard to do. It's not something that it's not like a blog post that you can just, you know, 
I don't know, whip out. And some people even have that, have a tough time with that or a tweet, let's say that you can just type out and, and hit send and it's done. Like video takes a lot more labor. Uh, mm. if, you, if you mess up on what you want to say, you got to go back and reshoot it. Re, you know, like, like, so it, there's, there's a lot more thought that goes into video. So it's not easy. It's a higher barrier at entry, but boy, is it impactful. So what's really interesting is I said somebody comment the other day, like, wow, you're really emerging as a strong voice in social media. <laughs> Yeah, the overnight success that took that took twenty years to get there. Right? That's hilarious. Yes. Right. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> I I wish I had been a fly in the wall to see your reaction to that comment. Well, all I said, all I said, and I don't know if the the person who made the comment got it was well, that just shows you the impact of video now, doesn't it? <laughs> Oh my God, that's hilarious, Tara. <laughs> it's just a little segue before we continue. With it. I remember the time the guy I was talking to a guy from Ontario, and he said, uh, "He said, he says, where do you live?" And I said, "In New Brunswick." He says, "Oh, is that the one you get to with a bridge?" And I and I just you know I, and I just went, "Yep." You got it. That's the one you get to with the bridge. Man, man, you, you are so smart. There's only fucking 10 of them, you idiot. <laughs> and you've mocked up. You get to by a bridge. <laughs> Sorry, little segue. Yeah. Tara, I, I, look, we've had a great conversation. And I'm looking at the time. And yep. uh, unfortunately, our audience is is, is very short uh, attention span. But I want, to, I want to leave the last word with you about, you know, your top piece of advice uh, of anything that you want to reference. Uh, This has been such a a lovely conversation and a a fun conversation too. But what's the top piece of advice, the recommendation that you'd like to leave our our listeners with today? Well, uh, I guess I'd just say brand is your relationship with your audience at the end of the day. So um, think of it that way. I guess that's my my advice yeah. at the end of the day. Well, and, and, and I said I was going to give you the last word, but I lied. Um, I always say business is a dating game. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And that relationship piece is so important. And and I think you would also, um, speaking for you, you'd say get to it earlier rather than later. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fearlessness. Love it. 100%. Yes. Love it. Well, Tara Hunt, uh, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can go to, well, you can follow me anywhere. I think I'm Miss Rogue everywhere. It's R-O-G-U-E. A lot of people make the mistake and call me Miss Rouge. Um, <laughs> and then uh, my company's Truly Social. It's trulysocial.ca. Um, and you can, uh, you'll find everything from there. And it's, and it's emphasis on the word truly. This is truly social. Yes. I love it. Tara Hunt, thank you so, so much for your time. Epic conversation and great value for our audience uh, around the globe. We've got an audience around the globe. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, uh, Rivers, and have a great day. I will. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett 
leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Kendall Netmaker, the CEO of Netmaker Enterprises Corp. And you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. So there's a lot of people on in this uh, in our listener um, uh, group uh, who are solo solopreneurs, and I don't know if you have a team or not, or centered around you, but I'm sure you do at some level, whether they're direct or indirect, um, who are interested in the the coaching world, the mentorship world, and so on. Is there is yeah. there any kind of best practices that you would recommend to them to to be you know Kendall uh, Kendall and 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 follow what it is that you're doing? You know, if, if you want to be a coach, because there's a lot of coaches popping up left and right. Some, pe- some, pe- some people are even scared to call themselves a coach, uh, but they really are. Right. All, all you are doing is you're trying to find someone who has a massive problem. You bring a solution and you're trying to sell them on the transformation of your solution, how they can become a different person through you and what your product or service has to offer. If you can do a good job of, of, of illustrating that through a compelling uh, story or, or, or uh, a pitch to them on the phone or on Skype like this, then you're going to have a good chance of closing something.